Australia. How are you going? Hey, yeah. That's right. It's Wednesday, hob day, December 1st. Pinching a punch for the first day of the month, bro. Uh, and I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. Uh, for Rolling Stone, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. I'm here repping Australia a bit in Larry Armour Studios, giving you the lowdown. All the ins and outs of the NBA season. We don't take things too seriously, but we do take Corona seriously. Especially when it hits the star of the NBA. Uh, yeah, so LeBron... Maybe got the Rona? Asymptomatic. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, we got the Battle of NYC. That came down to the wire, and so did the uh, Battle of the Two Best Teams in the NBA. Warriors, Suns. It was a really fun day. Uh, so five games to talk about today in the NBA Australia Game Wraps. That means that's not a knife. Old Maid, No Maid, Spot of the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball. We've got Yeah Nas. A couple of good listener ones, actually, today. Uh, the Unpopular Opinion of the Day. And our back take house, where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's a very brief Australian player watch because I believe Paddy was the only bloke in action today, but we do have a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. One of my all-time favourites, you know that. It's Hammer Week. Oh, yeah, Hammer Day. Uh, There's also the game previews and picks for tomorrow. Big nine-game slate. And uh, that'll be it for today. No shkit at the end. I'm just running out of time. These are late finishes. They're killing me. (laughs) Anyway... Let's it get into it. Episode 710 of NBA Australia. Let's go. All right, NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped. That's right. The men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world out here helping you make your peen look all right. Uh, They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. You heard that right, the 4.0. That means they've had three ones before this, and this is the best one yet. It's awesome. You may have heard me talk about how I got the old man one of these. He loves it. James is pretty good. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Uh, Anyway, I was also one of the first folks to try the new 4.0, and I love it. So men's grooming. Look, it's always a bit fun. Oh, geez, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Screw it. It's awesome fun. Go to town and your old boys cut your bloody missus or your partner, whatever, a Christmas tree in there. Right, carve it in. It's awesome. Make me time the best time with the old 4.0. Uh, and it's just like this house. No bloody nicks. No nicks here. No nicks here, Chop. No nicks here. Uh, because you got the advanced skin safe technology with that awesome ceramic blade. I'll tell you what, it is awesome. It's a game changer. You're just like waving around, just going hammering songs. It's got a light. It's wireless, wireless charging, waterproof. Everything you need in an absolute belter of a trimmer. But really, as I always say, it always comes down to the simple idea. If you've been using your nut trimmer on your face, it's gross. Grow up and get your own body hair trimmer with Manscaped. You don't want pubes in your mouth. It just makes no bloody sense. Uh, so make me time the best time. Enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boyos. Your balls will thank you, and so will anybody else who goes anywhere near them. And you need, to be honest, that's the person that matters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 20% off and free shipping with the code Strayer at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code Strayer, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Strayer. Watch out for the shark attack! Oh, you better... Or the Michael Bridges attack if you're Steph Curry. Jeez. Or the rain attack if you're me right now. I'm recording in the middle of a uh, giant thunderstorm. So, look, if this all literally just cuts dead and blows up, then, well, you probably won't hear this, but still. (laughs) Crazy scenes here in Melbourne. Oh, the bro, the garden needs it. Ah, right. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Street with a daily whip around LeBron James. We'll be out for probably 10 days. Uh, in the health safety protocols, a.k.a. got the rones. Hopefully it's not the Omicron Percy I-8 variant. Uh, he took three tests today, apparently, LeBron. One was positive. 
One was negative, and then the third tiebreaker came back positive. So it turns out he's asymptomatic at the moment. Uh, the team sent him home <laughs> on a private jet. You love it. Uh, but it's also just kind of good that, you know, they're still testing, and uh, even somebody like LeBron, you know, is getting tested and checked, and that's nice. So interesting move for LA now. Like, uh, they win today. We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, we're also going to break this down in, you know, one of the further segments on. And uh, I can't say it's a bad thing. You know, let LeBron just get healthy, chill out. He was like... Also sort of complaining in the last game. Oh, I'm a side sore, so I'm just saying. Speaking of injuries, Jalen Suggs, uh, he's fractured right thumb. The rookie there in Orlando uh, won't get surgery, which is kind of nice. So uh, they're just going to see how he goes every couple of weeks. Go check on it. Jalen, is your thumb still fucked? Yep, all right. On the bench. Uh, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. didn't get his triple-double that we talked about yesterday. So I broke this down, right, how Shingun tops it, uh, basically sort of tips it. Uh, towards KPG and everyone's screaming at him to pick it up. Uh, so it seemed pretty dodgy. And you're like, well, that's just like, you know, uh, a controlled tip, team rebound maybe, and that's what happened. <laughs> so poor Kevin Porter Jr., stripped of a triple-double. And if you're playing in a fantasy league that has triple-doubles and you had KPG, like me, you'd be pissy. I'll tell you what. Uh, the interesting stuff out of today, big article by Woj and ESPN um, about the NBA researching COVID. So if you remember, going back to the bubble, the NBA kind of as part of their resetting strategy and taking everybody to Disney World and playing in the bubble and all the pretty rigorous testing, obviously, and whatnot, and making sure the vaccination, um, vaccination mandates were basically being met they also had a study going on, right? Do you remember this? How they were kind of like, right, we need to uh, keep track of what's going on. And this would be some pretty interesting uh, data because data, as the Americans would say. Uh, because obviously you got very fit athletes in the prime of their, uh, you know, prime of their youth, essentially. And so they tested, you know, they're basically just going through testing results of like two and a half thousand odd folks uh, trying to figure out basically... It's, are we all going to need a booster dose? And that's basically where they sort of landed. They're like, look, it varies via vaccine type, um, especially people, you know, vaccinated in the same period. If you've got Moderna, the Pfizer, or the Johnson & Johnson, and the NBA sort of came to the point that uh, if you got a second dose of the Pfizer or Moderna over six months ago, you're at increased risk of a breakthrough infection, which, you know, makes sense. The efficiency of the, uh, efficiency of the vaccine will probably wane over time as it changes, as it moves, as your body sort of is uh, dealing with it. And the J&J, not great. Need that one after uh, two months. So, Jesus. Anyway, but basically the NBA were like, yep, 34 cases of vaccinated players or staff who got a breakthrough case. Um, And, like, in terms of numbers, you're like, I guess that makes sense, especially if, uh, you know, you lower your guard a bit. You're double-vaxxed, you're hanging out. And as I've talked about before, uh, when you do have these breakthrough cases so far this season, it's one of those things where you then look at the, essentially like the the life of an NBA player and the lifestyle is pretty conducive to somehow just like getting fuck over, fucked over by the COVID, right? So, you know, you're on planes all the time. You're always traveling. And if you're out, uh, unless you're like really strictly following our league rules, uh, you're probably out having... Having a bit of a good time somewhere, someplace. Who knows if you're masking up or not. And uh, so the breakthrough cases weren't a giant surprise because, again, the NBA is like this weird testing ground. They go in a bubble. They get all the results from that. They send everybody out into the wild, essentially, and then see what happens. And this is it. So pretty interesting read. Go check it out. Uh, We have eight teams after today with the same record, 11 and 10. Pretty fun. Pretty weird. Uh, Atlanta, Boston, Cleveland. 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 The Clippers, Grizzlies, the Wolves, the Knicks, and Philly. 11 and 10 is pretty cool, bro. Oh, man, we're over 500. This is fucking great. <laughs> Quarter of the way through the season, man. Uh, love it. All right, let's do some game raps. All right. Game raps, 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 game raps. We had the Borough Bowl, the Battle of New York. This was really fun. 112, Brooklyn win at 110. The Knickerbockers. Uh, really, really weird, fun game. The Knicks just completely sat Kemba after uh, booting him from the starting lineup. Same with the Nets. 
And uh, this was a wildly fun game. And as predicted on yesterday's program, from personal experience, Barclays just gets completely fucking inundated with Knicks fans whenever it's a Knicks-Nets game. And uh, even with KD and Harden, yeah, well outnumbered with the Nets fans today. But this was a great game. Like, it was basket for basket, almost felt like, through the first half. Like, Knicks built a big lead in the first. Nets pegged them back because fucking Cam Thomas went off. Uh, he's just knocking in threes. God, he looks good. Uh, built a lead in the second did the Nets, and then the Knicks pegged them back. Obi Toppin, a couple of dunks. D-Rose doing some shit. IQ, Emmanuel quickly. And then... Uh, you got a bit of Randall and uh, D- Burks getting him the lead at the half, and you're like, oh, this is pretty great. RJ Barrett was a bit sick. He only played eight and a half minutes in this one. Um, and you're like, uh, the Knicks might need him. But it didn't. Like, it was a weird one. You thought, like, here comes the avalanche, right? And it looks like it was heading for a blowout. The Knicks, the Nets were up 16 in the third quarter. They just built a fucking massive lead. It was like Aldridge, KD, Bembry, just causing havoc. They were coasting. And then the Knicks come out of nowhere, thanks to Burks... Uh, sort of taking a bit of control as his, you know, first run as a starting guard for the Knicks here in this bit of his uh, career. Pretty gnarly. Randall was doing work. Fournier came out of nowhere at the end of the third to hit a couple of threes. They get the lead in the fourth, and then it was just seesaw mode the rest of the way. It was great. Patty Mills layup to tie it back up with about two minutes to go was fucking awesome. But this was literally the Nets going, well, we'll give it to Kevin and hope for the best. That seemed like their entire game plan down the stretch. Luckily, they were playing the Knicks who were like, ah, we don't have a plan. Um, Harden was awesome in the first half. Went completely fucking MIA in the second half. Luckily, they've got KD. And uh, right at the end, they're up three. They're feeling pretty good. Evan Fortnite comes off a pick, gets the inbounds on his strong shoulder, just rises up almost instantaneously, nails the game-tying three. Uh, The Nets throw the ball into KD. Off you go. He's uh, in 1-4 flat, basically. Brings the ball up into the middle. James Johnson comes up when he's doubled and gets a nice little head start thanks to LaMarcus in the in the post, sort of uh, just setting a tiny little pick. And James Johnson catches, turns, goes at the bucket, which is really smart. So many fucking times we see teams like settle for threes or whatever when it's tied. You know it's even fucking easier? Find a man with a bit of space, go at the hoop. James Johnson gets fouled by Mitch Robinson. Everyone's like, oh, that was all ball. And then you look at the replay, he's like fucking crushed across the arms. Um, he hits both free throws. Bloodsport. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I love that. So uh, Fournier then gets the inbounds. They're out of timeouts, the Knicks. Takes a one-step, two-step, big jump. Throws the ball up from half court. Nearly bloody went in, too. Uh, they lose. Nets win. Hold on. 112-110. Julius Randle. Pretty good game. 0 of 2 from 3. It was 11 to 22 overall. He ends up with 24, 9, and 8. And it was much more like the Julius Randle we've uh, sort of known over the past bit of time. And I tell you what, I'm fascinated to see the rest of his uh, his season because we've got plenty of evidence of him being a bit of a uh, ball stop, uh, inefficient kind of use on offense. And then we had last year <laughs> where he was fucking amazing. Gets another big contract extension. Off he goes. And now we're back to the old Julius. Who knows? Uh, into the starting lineup comes Alec Burks. He goes 25, 5, and 5. He shot 9 of 21, 4 of 10 from 3. Good game. Looked very nice. The problem is, just with Burks, where's the consistency? Fournier ends up with 13. He goes 3 of 8 from there. He was ice cold when he came back on and hit that 3 right at the end. It was awesome. D Rose was massive. 16 and 9. Uh, God damn, it's good to see him firing up. And especially in New York. Like. In front of a home crowd, basically. That was great. IQ, Emmanuel quickly, 12 points as well. Hit a couple of threes. And uh, Obi top, ain't no stop. And Obi top, and just bursts of energy. Same same with the other Mitch Robinson. Time and time again, you're like, yes. The Knicks just need a little bit more of the defensive end, and they're going to be terrifying. And if Julius and RJ can keep firing, and Fournier gives them a little something-something, they might round into shape. The Nets went 8 of 26 from 3. Not ideal. Luckily, KD. 27 points, 9 assists. He was unreal. 0 of 5 from downtown. He scored 11 points in the last 5 minutes and 45 seconds, though. He was unreal. Harden looked awesome in that first half. The dunk he had was incredible in the third. He had a follow dunk. Had, I think it was off a of Patty Miss, actually. Patty missed 3. Harden just times it perfectly. Giant run-up. Just like a fucking cargo plane taking off. <laughs> Grabs it, slams it back. You're like, when was the last time we saw James Harden dunk? Holy shit. 34, 10, and 8. Shot 11 to 20, but yeah, I think he had 24 of those in the first half. Crazy scenes. 
Paddy ends up with 10. LaMarcus Aldridge, 8. Cam Thomas had 12. He was awesome early. The thing, the big difference with the Nets was like, uh, you had DeAndre Bembry, you had Bruce Brown and James Johnson. They didn't miss a shot between them. 3 of 3, 3 of 3, and 2 of 2. If you've got those dudes, the other random dudes on your team going 8 of 8, that's huge. Because it helps paper over the cracks like when you're not hitting any fucking threes like the Nets were for all of this game and they were getting out-rebounded. Like, if you don't have those empty trips where you just have random fucking buckets coming from the dudes like Bambri and Brown and Johnson, that's huge. And that was kind of the difference because the Knicks didn't quite get that from uh, their other dudes, you know? So that was a good one. Good job, Nets. They're now 15-6. and six. The Knicks, 11-2. and two. Memphis beat Toronto 98-91. Huge win. Huge win without Jar Morant. They're second in a row. Jeez, are they better without Jar? Uh, Triple J and Desmond Boone. They stepped up massively. They led all game. Got up as much as 17. But after eight turnovers in the first half against, I think it was like four assists, uh, the Raps stuck around. Cut it to one in the third. Then again at one. Then again at one. But they never got a hit. Uh, the Grizz rattled off a nice run at the start of the fourth. Uh, and even though Scotty B, Scotty Barnes, knocks it back down to a four right towards the end, Free throws from Dylan Brooks sealed it. He loves playing in Toronto. That was good because uh, I believe he's Canadian. And huge win for Memphis on the road. Like, this is the team where you have zero clue what's going to happen game in, game out. Same for Toronto. But I believe Memphis are the team that have the widest array of outcomes in the NBA. Toronto are pretty close. So for Memphis to win in Toronto, who are on a bit of a uh, bit of a slide here, the old raps. But not great, bro. Not great. They are beset by injuries. No, the OG Ananobi. No Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. No Ken Birch. Big Dick Ken Birch. Uh, so there, it was all Siakam. 19 shots for him today for his uh, 20 points. Gross. Three blocks, though. One of six and from three. Brutal. 19, seven, and three for uh, Scotty. Holy shit, Barnes. Love it. Van Vliet, 15 points, nine boards, three assists, four turnovers. Not ideal from your point guard to have uh, more turnovers than your assists, man. Uh, Precious Achua, bless you. Yeah, not great. Bad game for Precious. Utah. What's an Arby? Well, 11 points, 3 of 8 from 3. But just not much else to write home about for the Raps. Uh, for the Grizz, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., 25 and 6 with 5 blocks. He went 4 of 7 from downtown. Desmond Boone went 5 of 9 from 3. So between the two of them, go 9 of 16. Bloody good. 23 for Bain. Dylan Brooks, 17 points, 4 steals. He shot 5 of 18 for those 17 points. Classic Dylan Brooks. Uh, Brandon Clark was handy. D'Anthony Melton, 4 of 13. 10 rebounds, though. But either way, good win for Memphis, led by uh, Boone and Triple J. Good, good, good stuff from the young dudes at that jar. Big surprise. 9 and 13 for the Raps, 11 and 10 for Memphis. Uh, Portland kicked the shit out of Detroit, 110-92. Just even without Dame. Oh, man, he's got a he's got an abdominal strain, man. We'll just sit him. Uh, they belted them. This was a belting. Uh, Cade Cunningham was all right in terms of scoring, and there was nothing else going for Detroit. What did I say? 1990 NBA Finals? Yeah, jeez. Uh, Cade, 26 points, one assist, six turnovers. What did I just say about Van Vliet? Yeah, if you've got a six-to-one turnover to assist ratio the wrong way, not ideal. He did shoot the shit out of it, though. 10 of 13 from the floor, five of seven from downtown for Cade. Love to see that. Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant was the opposite. 14 points on 14 shots. Oh, a four from downtown. 15 and 14 for Beef Stew. And nothing else for anybody. One of nine shooting for Big Dick Bay. Frank Jackson was 10 points on 10 shots. Just gross stuff from the Pistons. Just ugh, put him in the bin. Blazers, 28-6 and six for CJ McCollum. Big uh, Buzni B. Hello, Yusuf Nurkic, 13-8-5. Thrift shot. He's alive. Benny McLemore, huge off the bench. Four of nine from downtown. 17 points. Love to see that. Dennis Smith Jr. as well reminded everyone he's alive. He had 11 points in his 17. Uh, Detroit, they're now 4-17. and 17. Portland back up to 11-11. and 11. The Lakers! The Lakers! The Lakers stink! But not in this one. 117, they beat the Kings. 117-92. Huge statement from the Lakers, especially in the second half. No LeBron. Down to the Kings at the half. And then fuck it. Bang! The second half. Insane. That third quarter was huge. 37-15. Look, I don't know about you, but if you outscore a team by 22 and a quarter, I think that's pretty good. They backed it up as well by just fucking choking the Kings out in the fourth as well. I think in the entire second half, it was 67 to 32. Gross! The Kings couldn't do anything. Rashawn Holmes is awesome. He had 27 and 9. 14-11 for Chemezi Metu. 
Darren Fox, 17-5-5. Five five. Bit of a fuck you game, though. He's like, I'm only going to shoot it a couple of times. I don't care, man. Four, four of nine for him from the floor. I mean, sure. Halliburton stunk. Buddy Heald stunk. Davion Mitchell stunk. They went 6-29 as a team. That's 20%. They had 19 turnovers as well. Uh, big yikes game for the Kings. Very Alvin Gentry vibes. Uh, the Lakers, meanwhile, AD had 25-7 with three assists, two steals, and three blocks. Right, anytime you see anybody playing the Kings, just remember that their center is going to kick the fucking shit out of them. So that's exactly what happened here. Rusty had 23-5-6. Malik Monk was huge off the bench, uh, breaking all protocol and actually being good uh, more than once in a fortnight. You love to see it. 22 points, 6-10 off the bench. Dwight was good, 12-13 and and, uh, a couple of steals and a couple of blocks. Melo, is it me you're looking for? Carmelo Anthony at 14. Uh, Basically, the Lakers shot the shit out of it and dominated. They're now 12-11, Sacramento 8-14. And And then finally, the big one. The two best teams in the NBA, Phoenix, they beat the Golden State Warriors 104-96. The two best teams, this was fucking awesome. Out there in the desert. I don't know if you've ever been to Phoenix, but it's fucking weird because you're just like, oh, it's a valley and there's a city in the middle of it. (laughs) Also, it's hotter and shit and it's the desert. That explains their fucking insane fans. I love it. It's great. Uh, This place was just fucking rollicking for this one too. The Suns fans knew what was up and they delivered big time. So this was really fun. Thing was, the Warriors got off to a flyer. Jordan Poole had 16 points in the first quarter. He just basically sparked like an 11-zip run out of nowhere. After the Suns were sort of uh, up and about, Warriors pulled it all back, and that's pretty much how it went for like a huge part of this game. Look, the Suns just did a great job on Steph from the outset, though. They went 3 of 13. He went 3 of 13 in the first half. Aiton and Bridges blocked his last two shots in the half. It was hilarious. Uh, Porter hit four threes. Phoenix were up to at the half. Uh, but Devin Booker had a bit of a hammy. Look, he had hammy sauna, so he just didn't come back in the second half. And it's a hammy. You don't fuck with hammies. You know, so he might. They play this game again on Friday. Well, you know, USA Friday. So that stinks. I need this fucking full goddamn Phoenix Suns team. Either way, CP3 was kicking the shit out of him in the third. And then he kicked the shit out of him down the stretch as well. Like the Warriors kind of just kept fighting back. Uh, Poole was just unstoppable. Draymond was doing a little bit. Otto Porter just couldn't miss threes. And they sort of just stuck around and then, bam, down the stretch. Like after, like CB3 kind of uh, got the Suns up in the third, they sort of went back and forth, back and forth. The bench is kind of going at it. Bridges was just stopping fucking Curry time after time. But the problem was Golden State just turnovers. Turnover after turnover after turnover. Draymond looked like he lost his mind about four different times in the fourth quarter. Just aimless drives into nothing, losing the ball, throwing his fucking body up in the air like he's been shot 87 times in a Dick Tracy movie or some shit. And, like, there was two straight possessions in crunch time where they just sort of gave the ball away. And then there was a brutal shot by Poole that sort of went in, rattled all the way around, maybe went halfway around again and then fell off the uh, lip. It was crazy that it didn't go in. And then the Suns go back up the other way, bang. Shamwell, the dagger. After CP3 draws a, uh, you know, rip-through foul and, you know, side out, they reset the clock to 14, happy days. Shamwell gets a pass off a uh, CP3 drive, nails a three, and that was kind of it. The Suns, the defense, though, it just slapped the Warriors around like a red-headed stepchild. The tenacity is the thing that got me. Like, Aiton can do- kind of do fucking anything against this team. And it's one of those moments when you go, well, yeah, Draymond's pretty good. And then you put a dude who's like half a foot fucking taller than him, quicker than him, stronger than him, and you're like, all right. Remember how people would be like, Draymond could guard Shaq. It's like, yeah, no, nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> But Aiden is just a fucking linchpin. He can kind of do everything against this Warriors team. And then you add Bridges to the mix, Crowder, CP3. Booker goes out. The Suns go, right, we need to give him the clamps. That's exactly what they did. This was impressive as hell. 23 turnovers to the Warriors. Steph had 12 points on 4 of 21 shooting. 
Michael Bridges is basically just going to put a bust of Steph Curry's head up on his wall, I reckon, after that one. Uh, Poole at 28 points. He was awesome. 6 of 12 from downtown. Draymond Green, 8, 11, and 5. Wigo shot 4 of 12. Oh, Maple Jordan didn't rock up. 10 points for him. Atu, I like to get Blatu. Porter, 16 points. 4 of 8 from 3. He's been crushing it lately. You love to see that. But just not enough from the Warriors. The Suns, they shot 48%, 40% from 3. CP3 was awesome. 15 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals, 24 and 11 with a couple of blocks for 8. And as mentioned, just sort of calmly dominated. Bridges only had 2 points, but he shut down Steph. It was fucking awesome. 14 each for Crowder and Cam Johnson. Shamwell and Campaign both hit a couple of threes. Booker even actually had 10 points before he left and looked fucking good, which is why it was wildly disappointing. But the Warriors just couldn't score. After the Suns went right, clamps, boom. It was like they'd scored 48 and then they only scored 48 for basically... They scored 48 essentially in like a quarter and a little bit, and then in the next two and a half quarters, they only scored 48. So tough scenes for the Warriors. But look, they're both 18-3, and these teams, and the Phoenix Suns have now tied their franchise record from back of the seven seconds or less era of 17 straight. Unbelievable. You love to see it. Let's do an NBA Australia pre-performance of the night while we're talking about it. (laughs) That's not a nice... That is a knife, Chris Paul. You know that he fucking hates Steph Curry with just like a passion of a thousand burning suns. Uh, pardon the suns, but I don't even mean that. But 15 points, 6 rebounds, 11 assists and 5 steals. But the way, the way he is so just inevitable is just fucking tough. As, like Similar to Steph, right? Uh, where you just know that Steph's going to turn, turn on at some point. You know that CP3 is. Today, Steph didn't. Chris Paul did it like two different times. Led from the front. Uh, so his 15 points came a 7 of 13 shooting. He goes 1 of 3 from downtown. It was amazing, this game. Like, 15 and 11 and f- 6 with 5 steals. Like, usually you're not going to win an NBA Australia pre performance of the night with a stat line like that. But the weirdest way to talk about this is that he dominated this game, even while he's probably the smallest dude out there, right? It was fucking crazy. He just asserted his will all over this game. And even though Harden had like a pretty amazing stat line in the Brooklyn game, uh, what did he end up with? Like 34, 10 and 8. He also had five turnovers, went completely missing in the second half, which is the exact opposite of CP3. So CP3, 17 years in, this is crazy. It is absolutely fucking bo- Oh, that's that thunder. Jesus, shaking the fucking house, mate. Either way, (laughs) I think I better move on, mate. (laughs) CP3, cripes. Boom, thunder. Better run. CP3, that was a fucking knife. Who's spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spot of the night. I mentioned uh, Precious Achua with his one of eight shooting. A uh, bit of a rough one there, wasn't it? And uh, look, I love me some Precious Achua. I think he's awesome. He is partial to the old Giants spud game. But I mean, he's also very, very young. Uh, Buddy Hill goes, I mean, well, I mentioned this as well. Most of the Spurs. Halliburton stunk. He goes two of ten. Six assists, three turnovers. Healed stunk. One of seven. For his five points. And Davian Mitchell, three of 14, eight points on 14 shots. That is just brutal. One, there's only one. Toscano Anderson, JTA, uh, two assists, five turnovers in 13 minutes. If you're looking to point some fingers at all the turnovers there for Phoenix uh, versus Warriors, JTA. Uh, but I don't know. We're going to uh, calls it how we seize it. Spot of the night. If anybody else went four of 21 from the floor for 12 points, guess what? That'd be spot of the night, and uh, that's where we've landed. Steph Curry? Steph? Steph? Hello? Steph? Yes, Steph Curry is spot of the night. Four of 21 from the floor. 12 points. Three of 14 shooting. He had more three-point attempts than he had points scored. Brutal. It's one of those ones where you're like, ah, if he could get to the line a couple of times, and just, yeah, not quite there, especially against his son's D. Uh, two turnovers, two assists, brutal, brutal scenes. But I mean, he's Steph. You know, <laughs> it's not going to last. <laughs> Who's all mate? No mates. 
Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Who's got no mates today? Well, Kevin Porter Jr. for getting that triple triple double uh, taken away from him. Uh, but Tibbs, Tom Thibodeau, coach of the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City. Oh, ice. I can't believe these refs. Uh, the Nets shot 25 three throws to the Knicks 12. And Tibbs had a bit of a uh, suck about it later. I'm not going to take a look at the film, but there's a big discrepancy in free throws. I can tell you that. I don't care how the game is called. You can call it tight. You can call it loose, but you got to call it the same. Have a suck, Tom. Uh, Julius Randle, same vibes. I was told by officials that um, because I'm stronger than everybody, um, the contact's not affecting me as much, so I don't get any calls. And then Julius was like, well, that's not how you're supposed to referee a game. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting ref the same as the other boys. I reckon the ref hates me. Oh, I love a good Nick Winge. They're definitely old mate, no mates. Randall being told by the refs that, yeah, you're stronger than everybody, so fuck you. Very, very much shades of like Shaq. And to be honest, like Giannis and Bede, uh, the big dudes do get a fish out a little bit differently. They're copying more punishment. But I mean, to come out and have a fucking sook. Come on, man. Uh, pantsing of the night. Very fat, 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 Draymond got buried by DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I kind of mentioned that earlier. It's like, yeah, that's what you get. Uh, Draymond, you're about half a foot short on this dude, and he just kicked your ass. And uh, the Knicks got a bit pants because that hardened follow-up dunk was huge. And it was just like at a really emotional point. The third quarter, everyone's fired up. And uh, I love that Harden after the game was like, yeah, that might have been the first one I've had in 13 years. So I had, to, I had to give it a bit of a roar. It wasn't that great when I looked at the highlight, but it felt great. I love that he barely got above it and uh, put it back, but that was sick. So good on him. Uh, Harden pantsing the Knicks by having a dunk. That's pretty bloody good. That's how you get a New York City rivalry actually going. When your best players go, fuck it, I'm going to have a follow-up dunk for the first time ever. Noise. And finally, who is better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. That's what Scotty Barnes is doing. Holy shit, Scotty Barnes. 19 points today, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 4 blocks. He went 8 of 16 from the floor and 3 of 6 from downtown. Absolutely kicked some ass and fucking took some names. And uh, the only problem was Memphis won. So <laughs> Scotty Barnes, though, uh, this has been brought up a couple of times so far this season. What a fucking steal. The dude is amazing. And you look at Suggs. Yeah, he was coming along, but for everybody, including me, ripping the raps for going, oh, we'll take Scotty Barnes instead of Suggs. Yeah, it might have been all right. <laughs> the thing is, he can actually shoot. We didn't know that. There we go, we do. Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some ENRs. They're brought to you by thedailylicker.com. From East Ninth Brewing, if you're in Melbourne, well, it's thunderstorm time. But other than that, don't go out there and get the Omicron Percy I8 virus. Get the bottle over to bring all your booze to you and just bunk it down. <laughs> Beers, wines, cocktails, everything you need. The dailyliquor.com's got it. Check it out, especially if you're in uh, Metro Melbourne area, because that's where they deliver. Uh, and you get same-day delivery if you order before noon. So go check it out. Smash the dailyliquor.com right now. Banging that code STRAYER and get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA. That's an all-round good drinking beer. I'll tell you that much. Love it. And, uh, yeah, you get a free six-year of it on me. How good's that? Right, some yeah, nahs. Let's do these. Number one, Matty Owers. After seeing this and listening to yesterday's show, was that the best Euro big man day ever, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Pretty bloody good. We had a lot. I mean, I didn't really even end up hitting on this because we had the Suvlaki King, Demarcus Sabonis. You had uh, Joker going absolutely to town in Miami. Like, you just kind of had it coming from everywhere because with Vooch crushing it for the Chicago, and as I mentioned, like, we had big men all for the NBA Australia Pro performance of the night. The Suvlaki King dropping in 25 rebounds was off the fucking chain. Jared Allen was absolutely incredible. But Nurk had the 24 and 10 as well against the Yaz. Rudy had 21 and 16. And of course, of course, 
Jonas Valanciunas, who wins the NBA Australia Proof Performance of the Day, 39 and 15. The seven foot one Steph Curry, who his teammates are calling Dirk Valanciunas, which I don't like. You should be calling Jonas uh, Valanowitzki. That's a way better name. Not Dirk Valanciunas. You just changed his name to Dirk, you idiots. Jonas Valanowitzki. <laughs> That's 100% what he should have been. But I'm here with Matty. That is a fucking massive day for the Euro big man. It's got to be the best one, right? All of them were fucking incredible. It was great. You love to see it. Uh, and Matty also asked, where are all the big US dudes these days? Cat, Bam, Wood. Uh, they all had pretty good days as well, right? Like Bam's team got, his ass, got their ass kicked. Embiid, a bit of a quiet one, but uh, you get that when you're coming back from the Rones. But... In terms of just the vibes, the big US dudes, I mean, we're seeing them sort of just be Carl Anthony Towns or Christian Wood or Bam, where they're growing up as guards, thinking that they're the world's greatest shooter. And for some of them, some of them like Cat, like he's already basically the biggest best man, best big man shooter, like going. So it is weird that it's like, all right, so surely, like, who's the next? I don't know, maybe not Shaq, but who's like the next Alonzo Mourning? You know, that guy, the 6'11-y kind of center who can do a bit of everything. It's just like, I guess that's Bam these days, but he's like, you know, a little bit shorter and yeah, it's tricky. That's a good one by Matt. Uh, But yeah, definitely the best Euro big man day ever, surely. Yeah. Uh, Dan Wilkerson, he asked, yeah, nah. Watching first take as NBA today's been on holidays for a week. Do you reckon Stephen A's modeled his online persona on Cliff Huxtable from the Cosby's? Yeah, nah. Oh, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of the uh, patrician vibe about Stephen A. The needed I know better than you talking head vibe, which is what Doctor Cliff kind of had on the Cosby Show, right? So. At the same time, Stephen A is very, very much more bombastic, much more believable in his ways. But I'll tell you what, the way that JJ Reddick is standing up to uh, Stephen A, oh, loving it. Absolutely loving it. Uh, I'm going to go nah with that one, but there's a little bit of a hint of it, so it's a good pickup by Dan. Uh, my next one, should uh, Golden State kick the tires and see what they can maybe get for Jordan Poole? You know, they got Clay coming back. Yeah, nah. Oof. I'd still say nah because I think Pool is that valuable that they're this good this year, right? Like you've got Moza Moody Moody and you've got Kaminga. You've got Clay coming back. Pool just moves back into his bench role where he's just going to be Jordan Jeremy Clarkson 2.0, right? That's your vibe. So you can win the title this year. You keep Jordan Pool. Because the contract that he's at, you're not going to be able to get like a giant massive difference maker that's better than Jordan Poole, uh, <laughs> Jordan Poole right? Everybody's just named Jordan now as a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Uh, but Poole is amazing, and he's probably t- more valuable f- to Golden State than just about for anybody else, you know, so they've got to keep him. Finally, does this mean the Suns are the most complete team in the NBA after today? Yeah, nah. Well, I mean, they won, so maybe. But... It's one of those ones where the Suns' defense kicking into that degree was a little bit terrifying for the rest of the league, right? It's like they're 16 wins into this win streak. They come out and they beat the number two offense in the entire NBA and just hold them to a fucking standstill, shut down Steph, and just destroy them everywhere else. Like, that was horrifying. If you're anyone else in the West, you're like, oh, shit. Are the Suns just the best team? Fuck. And it sort of comes back to that point, like before the season, we knew that they were going to come in and be a little bit underrated. They make a finals. It always kind of happens with the uh, finals loser. And uh, boom, they've turned it around. 17 straight wins is fucking phenomenal. And I would love them to keep it going. Right, uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, I think the Warriors needed that. It might be good for the Warriors. I don't know if that's unpopular, but this is the classic. Ah, right. So we're good, but we're not. Four of 21 from Steph and still beat another good team. Good. Which is probably good for them. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think this is one of the ones where the Warriors, like, 
a team that's less smart than the Warriors go, oh, well, Steph was uh, had an off day and we just got beaten. I think the Warriors will look at that and go, right, so Poole went off, Steph struggled, Wigo got held, Otto went off still anyway, and we got beat. What are we going to do? And you're like, well, there's a couple of, you know, tweaks we can make, and I reckon we'll see them win in the matchup um, pretty handily. So just saying. But that was really good. I think that would be good for the Warriors. Because they were, uh, it's one of those ones where it looks like they're starting to smell their own farts a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, let's go to Outback Takeouts for today. It's Wednesday at Outback, you know what that means? Oh yeah. Found a roo by the side of the road, and it's up there on the specials board. Bush steaks, only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is, LeBron James doesn't have covid this is just his way of letting AD and Rusty prove to him that they can carry his team without him. Also, he's resting that abdominal strain only at Outback. Uh, to be honest, I think LeBron's like, yeah, my side's a bit sore. Can I take another 10 days off? And the Lakers like, well, we'll just say you got COVID. All right. <laughs> we'll be back with Australian Player Watch and everything else right after this one. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch, remember, brought to you by Knowable, Chris Paul, NASA Commander Scott Kelly, Reddy co-founder Alexis Hanyan, all on Knowable, all smart folks. And there's over 100 other really smart folks on Knowable as well, teaching you cool stuff. It's like Spotify for learning stuff. I love it. It's great. You learn about space, player-based lifestyles, how to launch a startup. It's got everything. It's great. Go check it out. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Straya. Get 20% off as well. You'll get smarter too. Uh, Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills was the only Aussie in action today against the Knicks. He went 4 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 10 from 3. You knew the, uh, you know, there was going to be a game where he didn't go great. So 10 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. It was still a plus 10 in a game, though, only 1 by 2. So not all value is about your stats, obviously. So good job, Paddy. You bloody well love to see it. Uh, right. I promised a really fun, awesome, great moment in NBA Australia stat history. So I guess we bloody well better do that. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Hammer Day! Fucking love Hammer Day. Because I'll tell you what. 25 years ago this week, Hammer Day happened. That's right. Every year, all around this wide brown land, we love to call Australia. There should not be a dry eye or an unbent elbow as this entire proud nation ought to be celebrating. Hammer Day, tipping back a few tins. Because this is a non-stop celebration of a dead-set Aussie legend. The old Blom Bombshell, the Sydney Smasher, the Geelong Ghoulie Nasher, the Brisbane Ball Slinger. The Yarrod Junction Yahoo, the Charles Barkley chin musician himself, Shane, the Hammer Heel. You've heard him on this here program. But I'll tell you why. 25 years ago this week, Shane pulled on his tidy whities no doubt tightly straining to cover that hog that is uh, still talked about in hushed tones around Geelong, Brisbane and Sydney, and went to work on my beloved Seattle Supersonics like me go to work on an icy cold sixer of the old Dos Blocos on you know, for Friday Froths. Uh, it was only his ninth ever NBA game, and Hammer came off the bench for the uh, Timberwolves. It was a cold November 27 night, and he proved why people, when they ask, hey, what would happen if you combined Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Pestle Pete Maravich, and Steph Curry, and then dropped it into a vat of peroxide? The answer is, and always will be, bloody Shane Hill, you idiot. Shut up. Because <laughs> in the fourth quarter alone, Hammer chucked in 15 fucking points. All on threes! Against Gary the Glove Payton and Hersey Hawkins. Mate, it was more of fire than that time at a party outside of fucking Ballarat. Then my mate Matt chucked some petrol in the uh, bonfire and went back up the cherry can and bloody exploded. And Matt was literally on fire. Like, that's how on fire he was. But most impressively, like, legend has it that his fifth three sailed in. And at that exact moment, 
15 women in attendance instantly fell pregnant. They're known as the Minnesota, in Minnesota as the Hammer 15, and all have gone on to be in the NBA. You just don't know about them. Uh, not to be confused with Sean Kemp 17, which came from Sean Kemp rooting seven chicks at once, 17 chicks at once, and uh, none of them still know their dad. They're still waiting for a call. But either way, in a proof that anti-Australian bias in the NBA has been a long, long, uh, long-running stigma, basically. Those flogs in charge of the Minnesota Timberwolves at the time looked at Hammer, looked at his 15 points on 5 of 9 shooting, all from 3, in only 12 minutes, and then they decided to pin him to the fucking bench for the next game. And he'd never reached such lofty heights in the NBA again. Seriously, this is his highest scoring game. How fucked is that? So, now when people ask, wow, how much did Steph Curry change the game? You can set him straight and go, look, bugger that little prepubescent dork. He was just following the footsteps in the one, the only, Shane the fucking Hammer Heel. And then you can slap him in the back of the head. That's what Hammer would do. And that, friends, is why, while the US might celebrate Thanksgiving this week, we ought to be celebrating the bloke who tried to punch on with Charles Barkley, despite being a foot shorter than him, with Hammer Day. 15 points in 12 minutes in a bloody quarter on your hammer. And that is a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. All right. Go do a uh, Penny Mills Game Day Ball, a Game Day Twitter check-in. I'll tell you what, Hammer Day, I'm here for it. Like, it's just kind of got everything. Stuff's going on. It's just a bit, a bit of chaos. Give me a bit of chaos. But anyway, the Patty Mills Game Day Ball, a Game Day Twitter check-in is literally just uh, Rock'em, Sock'em, Jock'em, Landale. Instagram story, just hanging out, necking a corona. Having a good time. I'm inspired by that because it makes me want to go smash tins in the sun. Unfortunately, there's a fucking thunderstorm going on outside that you can probably hear. Right, let's do some game previews and picks for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bean. Not a problem, Jimmy. Are you going to survive this thunderstorm? Fuck, I hope so. Luckily, we had the plumbers around on Monday to fix our stormwater, which was fucked. They dug it up and uh, they came in. They're like, Jimmy, check this out. They came out. They had a level on one part of the pipe and a level on the next part of the pipe. Now... Not only were they not level, one of the levels was sitting entirely below the next level. It was basically making a fucking V into the ground, which is why our house is slowly sinking into Brunswick. <laughs> so there you go, inadvertent vein. What do you reckon? Uh, we went two of five on the picks today. Uh, thought the Nets would take care of the Knicks a little bit handier, and I felt pretty good about that early on. Uh, and I obviously picked Golden State to uh, get over Phoenix. Uh, there were a couple of misses. And uh, what was the other one? What was the other one I missed? Oh, yeah, I picked Toronto because I uh, flipped that late because I'm an idiot. If you're listening yesterday, you heard me go, oh, they don't have Jar Moran. They're not going to win that. Bang, I was wrong. Uh, so we're 169 correct picks of 309 picks so far this year. Still bloody good. Tomorrow, we have the Indiana Pacers hosting the Atlanta Hawks, uh, the reeling Atlanta Hawks, the mash unit Hawks at the moment. I've said before that they need to lose a couple of bodies and they'll be fine. This is probably too many. I'm going to go with Indy. Just the, it's a great matchup though. You've still got Capella. You've still got John Collins. It's a tall cocktail for Atlanta. So the line's only one and a half. I do think Indy just sneak by though. I think this could be a really good game. Uh, Gallo will probably give Indy fucking fits. So, oh, I might want to change that to Atlanta plus one and a half. Yeah, maybe I will. Plus one and a half for the Hawks in Indy. Underdogs, I think they might be able to match Indy. There we go. Give me the Hawks. Orlando are hosting Denver on Denver's, uh, you know, Florida trip. That's what they do. Denver hanging out in Florida for a couple of nights. Who knows what the Jokic brothers have been up to. I'm going to go Orlando plus eight and a half. They just play teams tight. Eight and a half against the Denver Mash units. I'll take that, especially for Orlando at home. It's just a bit tricky. Eight and a half is too many. Minnesota, they're going to Washington. I don't know who on Washington, like Dan Gafford versus Cat. Give me Cat. I just think the athletes on Minnesota, Ant-Man, Malik Beasley, D'Lo, I think it might be a little bit too much for Washington. This is a really good game. So I'm going to go the Wolves plus three and a half because, I don't know, Washington are up and down. They've been on a big road trip. They come home. I think Minnesota might get them. Boston host Philly. This is an absolute ripper. Holy shit, that was a close fucking bit of uh, the old lightning. Jesus. Uh Boston, Philly, two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Celtics. I'm going to go the Celtics. I think Philly just sort of slowly working in Tobias Harris and Bede. Boston, 
Oh, actually, Jalen Brown might... Yeah, look, if Tatum goes off, I think they win this. I'm going to go with Boston. Fuck it. Uh, I think average Al Horford knows all of Embiid's tricks. I think Boston can hold on and win this one. Should be a belter, though. Cleveland going to Miami. It's the discarded by LeBron Ball. Maybe Mario Chalmers should be, like, you know, the man singing the anthem. Uh, eight and a half point underdogs are Cleveland. I'm taking Cleveland. Miami have proven absolutely fucking nothing to me in the last couple of weeks beyond the fact that they're very up and down. And Cleveland are just awesome fun. So I'm taking the eight and a half points. Let's go, Caps. Milwaukee, eight and a half point favorites over Charlotte, which is a lot. Because Charlotte are good. But at the same time, I just like Milwaukee's defense. Charlotte, a couple of bodies to throw at Giannis, but at the same time, I just like Milwaukee. Minus eight and a half. I think Milwaukee can beat Charlotte pretty handily. They've got Giroud to throw at Lamelo. They've just got better defenders. Their offense should be fine. Give me the Bucks minus eight and a half. Dallas, they go to the Pelicans. Uh, the Mavs need to win this. I'm going to take the Mavs minus three and a half. OKC hosts Houston after getting beaten by them in Houston the other day. I'm going to take the Thunder minus two and a half at home. Favorites against the Rockets, who are on a bit of a belter at the moment because they've realized that Danny Tice is not good. And Christian Wood is. That's what ScoMo's got for uh, being a smirking dickhead. Here we go. Okay, see, so minus two and a half. Finally, Clippers host Sacramento. Six and a half point favorites there for the Clips. I'm going to take the Clips because the Kings were horrible today. And uh, I think the Clippers will bounce back and kick the shit out of them. So there you go. Nice one. All right. Well, I'm going to go grab the squid. So this is uh, the end of the show. <laughs> Either way, we're back tomorrow with a big, 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 big day. That's awesome, isn't it? Nine games. Can't wait. Uh, so in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IG. We're always over the socials. You know that. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Good episode this week. Covering a lot of ground. Uh, World Wrestling Australia. Go check out that with Adam over on YouTube. Uh, his season finale is up now. Go check it out. FWCIE on Twitter as well for all of his stuff. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, if you get in now, it might still reach you before Christmas. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Australia Post. Uh, but we do have couriers, so go check it out. mbaaustralia.com slash shop. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app, manscaped.com. Go there, use the code Straya, 20% off and free shipping. Help us out. Thedailylicker.com, use the code Straya as well. Get a free six-up. Knowable. Bang that in when you download Knowable from the App Store, 20% off as well. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. And also, big thanks have always got to go to Joshua Delarendis. Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green Green Green, and Dozers. For all the tunes you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your tunes. NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. All right, uh, no skit or anything at the end of today's show, so just fucking have a good one. We'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later, hosen. Later, hosen.